This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, everyone. My name is Erin Trelore, and I am the host of Raw Beauty Talks. We're taking you behind the highlight reel of the world's biggest influencers and wellness gurus to get a raw glimpse of what beauty, health, and wellness look like in today's world so that you can feel your absolute best in your body and in your life. All right, ladies, I am very excited for our guest today. He is the third man on the Raw Beauty Talks podcast ever in two years. We have only had two other men. So you know if you are the third gentleman joining us on this podcast that this is a very special person. He is a fashion stylist, a costume designer. He has one of the funniest Instagram feeds I've ever oh. seen. I love your sense of humor. It is Thank so you. good. It's I was a mess. A I fell down mess. the hole. Your Instagram feed. I just love it. You have to go over. What's your Instagram handle? I can't. It's L Style. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's S T Y L E L V R, which are actually my initials, but it's also an acronym for lover. Lover. Okay. Yeah. Go over to his page right now because it's going to make <laughs> you laugh. I try, I try not to take myself too serious. And I mean, no shade to my other stylist colleagues out there. I love following them too and whatever. But I think that when you work in fashion, sometimes people take it a little bit too serious and it becomes like all about like labels and Chanel and photo shoots and Beverly Hills. And I'm like, God, like no one cares. I like posting fashion stuff. Don't get me wrong. And you'll yeah. find like, that's the thing. I'll put a lot of fashion into the page and stuff that I'm working on and stuff. But yeah. during these times specifically over the last year, I I'm glad that I started posting memes about a year ago. And I used to have a, I have a private meme page just for my like closest friends and family. They were like, you should start sharing this stuff on your main feed. Like, Wave your freak flag low. Let people <laughs> get it's into that so good. sick mind of yours. So now you're, it's a little bit of fashion and a lot of fun memes that I make. And I love pop culture. So it's kind of all of that mixed up into one Instagram feed. Oh my God. I was yeah. picking up what you were putting down. I couldn't stop. And <laughs> it was also just, I'm just so fascinated by people who can pull that kind of post together, like the memes and it's funny and it's sarcastic. And you're like, I mean, how, how do you even begin to do this? <laughs> Anyways, go enjoy it. And also it has an incredible eye for fashion and design. And so why I wanted to bring Lo onto the show today is a, I want to hear a bit more about his story, of course, but B, I also am always working with women who feel that fashion is for this elite, untouchable group of people who have copious amounts of money and a very specific body type, and they don't Mm -hmm. feel like they fit in. And it's the cool club over there. And I know this feeling because I feel it too. So I'm hoping that Lo can share some of his expertise to help us all feel a little bit more confident in our style and in dressing our unique body types. So before we dive into that, Lo, can you just take us back a few chapters? Yes, Uh, let's take it back. Who the hell are you, Lo? (laughs) (laughs) Well, my name is Lo Von Rumpf. I'm Hispanic, splash of German in there too. And uh, my mom's the spicy Latina and my dad's the icy German. And and they only had one child, me. And I grew up in Los Angeles, well, Orange County, which is about 45 minutes to an hour away from Los Angeles. 
And yeah, I've been in the fashion game for, oh my God, I'm 31 now. And I started the whole style thing about 10 years ago. Yeah, when I was about 21. Well, I've been styling since I was around 19 years old, but I was serious about it at 21. And I was like, all right, I'm doing it. Um, because I dropped out of college and I was like, oh shit, I need to really take this serious because I'm broke as a joke. And uh, my pa- my parents were really bummed that I dropped out of school. Your German so dad thought, is like, what is happening with our one exact- and only son? This yes, I know. <laughs> Disappointments. I know. <laughs> so I felt a little pressure, not a little, I felt a lot of pressure just to prove to myself and to my family because they really wanted me to go the route of an education. As most parents, I guess, kind of would that classic yeah. go to school, do your thing, graduate, get a great job. Luckily, my mom is an entrepreneur and she really supported me going into entrepreneurship and doing my own thing. So without that type of support and kind of just the encouragement. Yeah. Pep in my step is what I was trying yes. to get at to like to go through and do something that seemed kind of scary. I've been doing it for now over a decade and I freaking love it. And it hasn't been easy, but it's so worth it in the long run. You've been hustling and yeah, been... still am. I always feel like I'm going to be unemployed. So <laughs> <laughs> like literally I, it doesn't matter how many clients I have. And now, you know, I have a team now I actually feel even more because I have a team of people that I'm technically, you know, helping in the sense, you know, I'm right. keeping them, yeah, em- employed. So <laughs> I yeah. have to make sure like I'm on top of it. Uh, the responsibility is beyond just you now. You've got, yeah. you've got other people that you're, you're holding on to and that you're in charge of. That's cool. And you've worked with some of the I mean, some of the biggest names in Hollywood before the episode, I always ask guests, is there anything that you don't want to talk about? And they're usually like, oh, my sex life or like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't know, whatever it is, this challenging discussion. He's like, I can't name drop Aaron. I'm not going to name drop. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Lo, what the hell? I'll throw one like Ricky Martin. Boom. <laughs> There's a fun one um, that I don't have an NDA with. Oh um, yeah. Ricky Martin. I we love, love Ricky it. Martin. Yeah. So Ricky, he's, Ricky. A, he's very sweet. And I got to work with him early on in my career. He was like my first like big name client wow. um, that I got to style. And this was like the leave, uh, live in La Vida Loca type days. Oh, he so, was on you know, Fuego. Yeah. I was living La Vida Broca, but you know, <laughs> broke as a freaking joke, but he was, you know, a great client. And that was one person that once you have one under your belt, then you're yes. like, okay, I can keep going from here. And it kind of, it's a snowball effect and you got to really fake it till you make it. I was really just um, trying to get as much work as I could. And I didn't start making real money until like five years in. So yes, it takes time. I always love does. hearing about that, that first moment when you're faking it till you make it. So Ricky Martin's people call you. I assume it's not Ricky Martin. And they're like, we need you to dress Ricky Martin. And well, actually, like, it wasn't through Ricky Martin's people. It actually was through a photographer that I had been working with. And cool. it was for an editorial shoot. Yes. So I went in like that entrance of like magazine editorial. And then they introduced me to Ricky's team so that I was able to style gotcha. him that way, which gotcha. is a great, a great way to get your foot in the door with someone. I love yeah. these backstories. I love the and backstories his, that we never hear about as to how Hollywood operates. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's an, a weird place to, to work, you know, in the, the world of entertainment. It's a really, 
yeah, it's a really fascinating place. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure you have many, many stories that one day oh, yeah. I'll get out of you. And for yeah. now, we will just carry on. Okay. So you're 19, you drop out of college. Your dad's like, what the hell? Your mom's like, fly, you can do this. Like the world is your oyster. And so you start styling and hustling. And what was it about fashion that intrigued you? I'd always been obsessed with clothing. Even when I was a kid, I was always trying on like my Nana's robes. And she had, I mean, she was like the most fabulous, incredible, over the top woman, like five marriages under her belt, like the Latina Elizabeth Taylor, if you will. And she was my first client, my first official client. And I had a lot of uh, fun, like always going through her closet and trying on stuff. And I always loved fabrics and playing with clothes. And I was obsessed yeah. with women dressing them. And as I got older, every stylist has a different, I guess, mission statement, if you will, or something that really keeps them in the game and wanting to do it. And what I've noticed is a lot of stylists that I've met getting to work with some incredible designers, having access to clothes that not a lot of people in the world are going to get access to fabrics and getting to travel. And there's like this it's a really cool world to be part of. And it's like exclusive and feels all fancy and shit. And all of that is great. Don't get me wrong. And I love fabrication and fancy stuff, but that is probably 1% of the reason why I style. And that idea that I have of like, sure, I like that stuff, but what really draws me into styling was I felt like it's transformative. And the ability to put something on and see someone who is struggling with self-esteem, especially in Hollywood. I'm going to tell you this much, that every actress and actor I've worked with, and I've worked with some of the most beautiful people in the world, which people would say, look at a picture and be like, oh my God, how could that person have any issues with how they look? They are all insecure. They're all scrutinized constantly. And we all are. Even if you're not in the public eye, we're scrutinized now with social media and stuff. So But even more so if you are living that life in front of the camera and if you walk on a red carpet, you're going to get photographed from every angle, high definition. It can be really stressful. And a lot of actors are very introverted and it's just a, it's a scary process and it's supposed to be fun though. So I make it more of a psychological thing and it's transformative. So that's what, that's what drew me into styling because I was kind of masking my depression and insecurities and trying to make myself feel more confident through fashion, through clothes. So I thought, I love doing this for myself and I love people. Mm-hmm. So I just need to connect the two. What the hell can I do? Publicists? No, they're kind of cutthroat. That's not me. I think <laughs> I'll do fashion. And that's kind of where I went. I was like a therapist. I was like, nah, I still want to play with clothes though. So I'm going to go stylist route. And then I've yeah, I've been doing it since. <laughs> you clung to that horse and it has carried you and you've been, you know, working with it. Okay. There's so many things I want to unpack about what you just said. First of all, I want to drop back to that nugget about the fact that these people who you work with, who as a society, we deem as being the most beautiful, quote unquote, beautiful individuals all struggle and have insecurities around the way that they look. And the reason I think that this is so important to press pause on is because I think that there are so many women out there right now who are in this mindset where they feel that when they lose the weight or when they have the perfect outfit, or if they were to look different, that they would feel differently about their body. And based on what Lo just said, that's not necessarily true. The way that you look 
doesn't necessarily equate to confidence and self-esteem at all. And all of a sudden feeling inner peace about the way that you look in your body. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember one client and she had had some cosmetic surgery done. I mean, I'm all, I'm down for cosmetic surgery. If you want to do it, that yes. makes you feel good. Great. Yes. Like, I love getting a little Botox situation, some fillers. Sure. But this <laughs> particular client had, um, had rhinoplasty and had breast augmentation. She went from like, I think it was like a, a B cup to like a full CD um, and then had some rhinoplasty and it was a long uh, recovery process and, and it, there were some problems that happened. And anyway, she looked incredible after the procedures. I don't think she needed them personally. I thought she was beautiful before them, but I'm never going to be the one to say like, don't do it. Like that's to each their own, you know? Totally. Yes. After that though, she still really struggled with self-esteem and it just didn't do it for her. The surgeries didn't do it. She went and she got therapy and she said, I realized it didn't matter that I lived in the gym ate like a little rabbit, just, you know, and yes. just was so concerned with the exterior, the interior is what actually needed the work. Yeah. And she ended up doing the work to do that and feel good about herself. So it really starts with, with inside, even when it comes to styling, it's kind of like when you go uh, and you try on clothes at like a mall or something. And when that could happen back in the day yes. uh, before oh. the pandemic, Yes, but you got to be in the right frame of mind. Cause I've gone into a dressing room and I'm like, the lighting looks like shit. I feel yes. bloated and gross and it's just not the day. Like I'm not in the right mindset. And that goes into even styling and even more so self-esteem. So, and as I said, most do struggle with self-esteem. So my job is to make sure you just feel so comfortable and safe and yeah. And then you could slowly start to have fun with it and it could be transformative. Mm, I really feel that it can be transformative. We've all been in that space where you have a day that you put on a good outfit and you just stand a bit taller and you feel yeah. like it represents yourself in that moment and it's fun. And then I've also had way more days where I'm like, oh, this is just overwhelming. I don't know where to begin. Nothing is feeling right today. And so it can be a really a reflection of yourself. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, Country anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B A B B E L dot com slash Robbie Detox. Rules and restrictions may apply.
This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all faced, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. We're going to press pause for a moment to share a little bit about this episode's sponsor. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company for people that are ready to take their acne seriously. Prescription acne treatment really works, but it's hard to get. You have to take time off work to see a doctor and sit in line at the pharmacy for your medications until Apostrophe. Apostrophe makes it easy to see a board certified dermatologist online. You'll get treated immediately and your medications are delivered straight to your home. Simply fill out Apostrophe's online questionnaire about your skin concerns and medical history. Then just snap a few selfies and your dermatologist will get back to you with a customized treatment plan tailored just for you. The best part is that Apostrophe offers topical and oral medications so that you can treat your acne from the inside out and the outside in. Apostrophe treats acne and they can also help you hit your other skincare goals like reducing redness, wrinkles, and even dark spots. I tried Apostrophe and was blown away by how simple the online process was and yet at the same time I really felt cared for with the questions that they asked about my skin, the fact that the dermatologist looked at pictures and was able to pinpoint specific things that Apostrophe could support with. So to get started just go to apostrophe.com slash raw and click begin visit then use the code raw at sign up and you'll get $15 off your dermatology visit. That's apostrophe.com, A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E.com slash raw and use that code raw to get your dermatology visit for $15 off. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast and making this episode possible. Okay, before we go into all the fashion styling tips, you mentioned you had depression and were struggling with your own insecurities. Oh my God. Yeah. Today? Sure. Yesterday? No. Always. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you're the most confident <laughs> guy. Like you ha- have it all. You've got you, not many stylists make it to the place that you're at in your career. And you're only 31. You said, I'm 31, like you were ancient in your career, but you're only 31 <laughs> years old. Yeah. And so tell me a little bit about your own personal experience with depression and Uh, I've gone through some hardships in life. And I think that when you go through difficult times, you could go one of two ways with it, you know, and, you know, me experiencing loss at a a young age, I experienced uh, losing a family member who was very close to me. And I was 19, 20 years old. And that sent me into a spiral of a dark place. I don't wish anyone losing someone at a young age. It's, it's, it's painful. 
And I still, God, so her birthday, it was my grandmother and her birthday was actually yesterday. And even mm. it's, it's now been over 10 years. And just yesterday I was thinking about her and just broke down crying just mm. because it all just came rushing back to me. Like okay. I just had her and then she was gone like that. It was really something that threw me off my, my game emotionally, spiritually. I, I really spiraled. So I took that though. And I mean, I went through some, some real grieving and in time I started to heal. I think there's the seven stages of grief and I went through it all different timing. You know, there's no specific, the way those are laid out. I thought it was like a perfect formula, but it's not, you can experience them all in different ways. Uh, so I kind of took that loss, which, which really hit me. And I, I turned it in my opinion, how I look at it now is like armor. Cause it's seasoned me for life. I have a very different perspective on things. It's really made me appreciate everything that I have in my life and not just sweat the small stuff. I don't take myself too seriously because I know it could be gone like that. So even now today though, with going through a pandemic, like losing someone can cause depression, but depression runs in my family as does alcoholism and a, a bunch of other shit. Yeah, so all the things. Because of that, I, I really didn't want to turn to, um, I didn't want to turn to substance abuse. So I used fashion as really escapism too. Not only can it transform me, but it really was an escape for me. I feel like it saved me. And I could throw myself into this world of playing with colors and clothes and textures and getting to meet people. And it, it was a distraction at the time, but it also was very healing for me in the long run. If you could find something that you're passionate about and you could also make money from it, isn't that the dream? You know, like, man, so, and it, and it pulled me out of depression. And even now when I face, you never just leave depression, it's gone forever. You know, it's like yes. always lurking in the distance, coming yes. back, you know, before you know it. So there are things that I'm doing, steps that I take to ensure my mental health is put at the forefront. And if that means, you know, taking time for myself or not taking myself too seriously or making my Instagram page, which social media could be a real toxic place for people, but at least I know if they're coming to my page, they're going to laugh, they're going to learn something and they're going to feel good. That's what we need. So that's important for me. And I do, there's steps that I do, like, you know, taking the time to work out my diet, like little, little things like that, meditating, which I'm terrible at, but I'm trying to be better. <laughs> God, sitting yes. in silence, geez, it's tough. <laughs> but I'm taking those steps. And I know there are a lot of people that struggle with depression. So those are just little things, tips and tricks that kind of help me out. Journaling has definitely saved me. Oh my gosh, I write everything down. It gives you some great perspective to look back, you know, in retrospect. Sometimes when you're in the thick of it and going through a problem, especially when I was beginning my business mm -hmm. and I thought this is the worst situation or I wasn't getting paid or someone had, you know, dogged me out in some sort of way. It's, you know, very cutthroat world, the fashion industry. And I wrote a lot of things down and I've reflected and gone back on it. I'm like, oh man, that one like sent me into a spiral. Like, look at where I'm at now. I could totally handle that situation. But I think it's seasoned me for life. So I wouldn't, I wish I had my Nana back, you know, for example, the, the family member that I lost, but it seasoned me and gave me strength in, in a different sort of way. Thank you so much for sharing your tools, for sharing a really raw piece of your story. I mean, as soon as you said that it was your Nona who passed away, 
so much of it sounds like you said she's my my was my first client and feeling her robes and her clothes like she was so much a piece of the very beginning chapter of this journey that you've been on so it makes so much sense that your love for fashion has just continued to grow and having that fuel behind you i mean oh yeah i feel like i'm still i'm doing it for her i'll get like beautiful gowns and stuff now and and they'll be shipped to my showroom and i'm like oh my god like if she was alive she'd be freaking out because (laughs) she was obsessed with clothing and fashion and always you know it was like total costume i mean she was so over the top so i related so much to that and i idolized her in a way and i got you know 20 great years with her but now i'm kind of carrying the torch and and that's another way of expressing and sharing her love and and her personality with the world because i feel like i'm just her spirit kind of lives within me in a way and then it was also great too because you know I'm, i'm extremely close with my mom I, man, I'm so thankful that, that she never shamed me when it came to expressing myself. And I, I know that's kind of a hot topic right now when it comes mm-hmm. to children and mm-hmm. you're seeing like little boys wanting to play with dolls yeah. and parents could be like, oh my God, like, is my son gay? You know, and I know that can be a tough thing for some parents, you know, and all I'm saying is one, it doesn't mean your son's gay. If he wants to play with dolls and stuff, because yeah. I had other cousins of mine who did the same and they're not gay. But I have to say, <laughs> for me, getting to be able to express myself and play with Barbies and stuff, and I played football and I did all the like, tr- you know, quote unquote stereotypical dude things. But I also <laughs> loved a good Barbie moment and I loved yeah. to play dress up and I, and uh, I realize now that me trying to emulate these powerful women in my life, I've always been obsessed with women, powerful, strong women. That's because that's all I've been surrounded with. But my mom always encouraging me. And I, I recently did an episode on my podcast and I talked to her about, you know, letting me play with Barbies and, and making it f- safe for me to do that yeah. and uh, and express myself all the way through high school too. I was always kind of like not blending in with the other kids in my class. And she said, listen, I, I don't care about sexuality. The main thing for me is I was just trying to create this little well-adjusted human. Mm-hmm. And she goes, how could I expect you to be a nurturer and a caretaker and be thoughtful with whatever partner you decide to take? If all I gave you was, you know, Tonka trucks and soldiers, you know, she goes, so I actually wanted you to have both sides. She goes, we have little girls always nurturing, caretaking little dolls she was, but I'm like, you get to learn that too. So she yes. fostered that in me at a really young age. And I feel like that kind of gave me the real fundamental building blocks into taking that into my career. Even now, I mean, all these years later, I, I think that was a huge influence in my life is just feeling safe to express myself. And now my job is to help people express themselves the same sort of way. And it's really uh, one full circle, but two, it's truly fulfilling in that way. Mm. Your mom sounds like an incredible woman. And oh, yeah, she's, yeah, she's great. Spicy Latina. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be getting her on the show next. Uh, so, okay, talk to me a little bit about helping women express themselves through fashion. In particular, I know that there's a lot of women who are watching or listening to this episode right now who are like, I have no idea where to begin in figuring out how to express myself. I don't have $5 million and people aren't sending me fancy gowns where do I begin in dressing myself in a way that feels good? Yeah. 
Well, I know, especially right now with the pandemic, a lot of my clients included, myself too, can feel like you're in a style rut. I get DMs from so many of uh, my listeners and they're like, "Lo, I feel like I'm just wearing a uniform of, <laughs> you know, shitty clothes and I'm just done with it. Like, help me out. And I think what's really great right now is you don't have to have a lot of money to look super stylish and mm -hmm. feel really good about it. Yeah, looking stylish and on trend, that's one thing. But again, doing the work and feeling good about yourself, I think it's, again, more psychological. But in, in today's world, which, I mean, fast fashion, there are some great things about it and some not so great yes. things about it. But yes. I have to say the plus side is it's affordable and you could get a runway type vibe and a beautiful coat from like a Zara or a Forever 21. I mean, there's so many great brands that are affordable just to kind of zhuzh it up once in a while. But I always say like for someone who feels like they're in a style rut, like one of my clients, she was like, man, I'm wearing the same thing over and over. So what I suggested she did was she didn't want to spend a lot of money either. She's like, I don't want to invest and buy a bunch of stuff. Like yeah. not in the mindset to do that right now. And she's like, and I want to make sure I'm not like breaking the bank. Because even for actors and stuff, they're like, uh, work is slowing down for everyone. You know, yes. a lot of people are affected. So what I decided to do was we went the accessory route. And I think that sometimes, especially if you're like, oh, I've gained weight or whatever, change it up with accessories, whether it be like cute headbands, some cute costume jewelry, uh, yeah. scarves, like a new like bag or something like that. Shoes are always a more affordable route. And I don't know if you put on a fresh pair of sneakers and a cute headband and some hoops. It could just make you feel good. Yeah. Throw on a little, a little bold lip moment and you're pretty much feeling better about yourself just with little changes like that. Yes. And when it, when it comes to even, I get a lot of messages too about the celebrity world. It's so focused on image and working out and being that perfect size and sample size. And oh, it's such bullshit. It's so ridiculous because one, everyone is struggling with body image, but two, it doesn't matter what size you are. You can look incredible. What I suggest is just knowing what particular silhouette looks best on you, knowing your body type, whether you're pear shaped or like banana shaped or <laughs> strawberry shaped. There's all Why these do they different... name us after fruit? Like, but it paints a picture. It paints a picture. Yeah. So know your fruit shape. And, <laughs> and I think that uh, what's great is there's uh, amazing options for no matter what size you are. And that wasn't the case 10 years ago. And I love that now you could be, you know, small to extra large, extra, extra, large, whatever size you are. One brand I love was Madewell. I was just online because I was buying my client who is considered plus size, but they go to size like zero to size 26, which is great um, and really cute stuff. Yeah, uh, that doesn't feel like I don't know. For some reason, when it came to um, plus size brands, man, they just feel like so dated. And like yes. it would always be like mother of the bride vibes. And I'm yes. like, what the hell? Like <laughs> no. they need to freaking change it, and they have. So there's so many great brands now that have options for all shapes and sizes, as they freaking should, and all different color skin tones and. Yeah, that's really nice. I'm I'm happy that's happening right now. <laughs> it is long overdue. And yeah. I also am so happy to see there has been a lot of evolution in this area in regards to yeah. things. And also social media has allowed for so many women with different body types to become celebrities themselves in regards to being bloggers and showing different outfits and sharing their fashion tips and expressing themselves. And so 
I think that one of the things that I'd always recommend when you're curating your social media feed is to follow other women who have a similar body type. And especially in the world of fashion, find somebody who you love their fashion, who looks similar to you. And uh, that will always help with inspiration rather than following someone with a completely different body type who just makes you feel like shit about yourself because... Yeah. You're never going to, ha- that's never going to oh, be. I-, I went on a muting spree and I was like, <laughs> okay, I need to just mute the hell out of some people because yeah. I mean, I don't need like some people, I have friends of mine, they're like in Cabo and like super spreader events. And I'm yeah. just like, I can't right now. I need like motivational type quotes, funny stuff. And then I'll throw in some fashion. Oh, and I like cooking stuff too. So that's kind of like, I've muted everyone except like if it's going to enrich me in some sort of way, but what I'm getting fed now in my social media feed is actually, I'm not feeling depressed or like I'm not doing enough or comparing myself. Now it's actually been, it's been a hell of a lot more uh, healthy of an experience being on Instagram now that I've done that. Yes. You are the editor of that online magazine. Do you as a guy ever struggle with body image? Oh, all the time. Oh, and that, by the way, so I'd say my clientele ranges from, I say 50% men, 50% women. And I have, oh, and I styled Doug the Pug too. Do you know who that is? My biggest client name drop. (laughs) I'm obsessed with pugs. I have one little dookie and uh, he's all of 14 years old, senior citizen, has like a Morgan Freeman vibe, salt and pepper, little little gray. And he's just uh, the sweetest thing. So I remember um, getting to style Doug the Pug. I was like, oh my God, like this is the coolest thing. Welcome to LA. Like this little freaking nugget, uh, Doug the Pug was actually walking the red carpet at the People's Choice Award. This was like a year ago. And he's like slid into my DMs with his mom, Leslie, who's lovely. (laughs) And, but it looked like it was coming straight from Doug the Pug who has like 4 million followers. And like this pug Oh my God. So anyway, she's like, I, uh, Doug was like, I need a cool outfit. Cause I'm going to be on the carpet. And he was like a correspondent with Ryan Seacrest and he was nominated for people's choice award animal of the year. And they saw that I love pugs and I post about them all the time. Mine specifically. Uh, so it was a perfect match, but anyway, wow. what was I getting to? Oh yeah. Things body you never anticipated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doug, the pug, um, he was very confident in the way he looked, but I will say when it comes to men and women, I have to say my male clients are much more self-conscious and uh, struggle with body image more so than my, my female clients. Really? Yeah. They're (laughs) a lot more self-conscious and I think it comes down to a few things. So I'll have uh, a female client, for example, and uh, I remember this one that I was working with and she's like, oh my gosh, I've, you know, kind of gained a few LBs. This was before the pandemic. And she was telling me, she's like, oh my God, I was so disciplined for a role. And then I finished it and I was like, I just want to like live my life and eat and have a good cheeseburger and just, and she did, but she's like, but I have a red carpet coming up and I like feel a little self-conscious about my tummy. And we talk openly about it, safe place. And I was like, don't worry, girl. Like we got two, like two things of Spanx for you. We could just, (laughs) there's a lot of tips and tricks and little things you could do if you do want to smooth something out or you know go in a little bit on a size or even when it comes to like bras and different things you know they could they can completely be game changers your undergarments are so important for silhouette so I feel like even if you are a little self-conscious there's some tools that can really help you if you have like an event or something to go to or whatever even though it comes down to like butt pads and stuff like it's crazy the amount of stuff that's out there 
that can help. It's also so good for everyone to just hear what he's saying and to bring that awareness when you're looking at images that you're seeing on social media or in media in general, that these women have like butt pads and two pairs of Spanx on in some cases. three pairs and yeah, like cutlets. Yeah. There's a lot going on underneath (laughs) that dress. And I love that a lot of people now, a lot of celebrities are very open about it. They're like, oh yeah, I got two pairs of Spanx. I'm wearing cutlets, push-up bra, like corseted, the whole nine yards. For men though, there's not as many options. They're starting to be slowly, but like there's not a corset. Like for a guy, you can either tuck your shirt in or tuck your shirt out. If you're feeling a little (laughs) soft in the belly area, it's going to show. You're going to feel like a potato. It's a little tough for guys. And they've expressed that to me during fittings. Like, man, like I haven't, I had one guy and he had worked out and done a ton of stuff for a role and his body looked awesome when he was filming, similar to my other one I was telling you about, my other client. But the premiere was coming up and he's like, it's the premiere for this live action movie. And I do not look like what I'm about to watch. Right. <laughs> so like, right. You know, he's like, got a little soft. And it had been, he had filmed that movie. It had been like a year. So he looked very different and he was just really going through it. Very self-conscious. I ended up finding a way. I got like a compression tank top. And then we added like cutlets, like that looked like pectorals for a dude. So no. it could look like he was more like, woof, like brawny. And like, anyway. Wow. Cinched in I... his waist and all that. And he felt great. But but what I'm getting at is this is a guy who would, you think, have all the confidence in the world. Or a lot of guys are like, oh, I don't care about that. It's I don't care about that shit. That's a, like, girls worry about that. Yeah. Dudes aren't That's like insane. that. No, no, no. Guys are so self-conscious with their legs. I have one guy and one of my buddies and he's like, man, I hate how skinny my legs are. Like I, especially because I feel like girls like athletic looking guys and I'm like, like a little twig. And yeah. Oh, I just hear all, all different types of uh, shapes and sizes for guys too. And they are going through it. And you wouldn't know that. And I don't think guys talk about it as openly. They don't. Uh, but it's, it's definitely a thing. And even when it comes to like cosmetics, guys are so weird about makeup. Like now, slowly but surely, um, they're getting more comfortable with like, yeah. If you if you don't like the fact that you have dark circles, you could you could cover them, and it's yes. okay. It doesn't mean you're going full drag. Like it's just yeah. it's fine. <laughs> yes. It's funny too because a lot of these cosmetic companies for men are marketing it like super like manly with like there was one I think it's called like camouflage, and all of the different concealers look like like an army print or something. But it's basically. Estee Lauder, it's makeup. you know, yeah. <laughs> it's makeup, it's Clinique, but just done in a more like a butch way. Um, but so guys uh-huh. do go through it. It's just not talked about as much, but I love that my male clients have opened up to me and they're like, man, I'm really struggling with body image. Or I'm really bummed about the way my body looks right now. Or what can I do to feel good about myself? And, and we go down that rabbit hole because we're all going through it to some extent, myself included. I put on some LBs during the pandemic and I was like, damn, I don't feel good right now. It's like, uh-oh, I'm going down a rabbit hole. Like, what can I do? Like, first yes. of all, not go on the gram. And then secondly, I love a list. That's helped me a lot. The so list. I'll make a make the damn list. And oh, and the Fitbit has helped me. So yes. like, I'll just get my stupid steps in. Completing you know, and those I, circles. Completing the sure. circles. Going back <laughs> to the list. I mean, honestly, there are like 20 sub podcast episodes that we could branch off to into here. I think that it's fascinating that you're saying that the men that you work with have just as many body image issues than the women. My guess is that part of this puzzle is that there is a bit more of a safe space for us to talk about the shame we feel around our body. 
And that's actually a really common dialogue that we as women have with one another and internally. Whereas for men, that space isn't as safe or as available for them to open up and be vulnerable about how they're feeling in their body, which then results in there being a lot more shame about it all around, which exasperates any problem. I have a feeling that when you're hearing them talk about this stuff, that there's probably a lot of shame. Like you're probably the only one that knows that padding (laughs) went on and that they were feeling really crappy. You know, it's just not talked about enough. No, it's not. And not socially acceptable in a way. It's like toughen up, man. Like Exactly. Or that's vain. Like what you're a guy, you shouldn't be worried about that kind of stuff. Like Yeah. And there's a lot of women that will be like, oh my God, if I knew my boyfriend was wearing makeup, I'd be like so turned off by it. Right. And I'm like, well, I mean, that kind of just reiterates the point of of them being, you know, so closed off in a sense. But that translates into other aspects too. If he's closed off about something as minuscule as wearing concealer and and he's going to be judged, he's not going to open up emotionally and talk about anything, Anything. past traumas or anything that needs some healing. So it kind of just begins a really vicious cycle for men. And luckily now, I mean, hopefully guys can feel more comfortable to open up. I'm an open book. I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't give a shit. I love to be, cause I I can't hold it in. It's going to make me sick. I, yes. I love learning from women and, and the fact that they can openly talk about things and it's a safe place. Like guys need that too. Well, I think men and women could learn so much from you. So where Damn. can people find <laughs> out more about you? Where can they follow along and get more low in their life? Instagram's always great. That's a style LVR. Oh, the podcast. I have a Your podcast. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> My podcast, The Low Show. Yeah, it's just called The Low Show and it's on Apple Podcasts, but it's available wherever you stream your podcast. And most people think it's a fashion podcast, which I, I get. I guess I should have done a fashion podcast, but we've only done like one episode on fashion. We talk about everything. It really is just kind of whatever is going on in the world, which is kind of fun. And then we'll throw some fashion in there too. Why not? So fashion is always so influenced by all those things that are going on in the world. Totally. So. Yeah. Great point. It's all tied in. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for sharing a piece of your story. You truly are an incredible human. Oh my gosh. uh, Yeah. Well, the feeling is mutual, Erin. I can't wait to meet you one day in Vancouver. We'll go to Earl's and (laughs) have a fancy steak. I'm freaking coming to Vancouver. I love Canadians. So I will definitely be there and I'll for sure hit you up when I'm there. Can't wait to see you. All right. Thanks, Erin. Bye. Thank you. Bye. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment to copy the link, send it over to somebody else who you think it might support. And remember, as always, your story, your body, your mind, your journey are unique. So take everything that we've talked about in this episode and think about what really resonated with you and leave the rest behind. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.